0: Hi and welcome to Zed Games, recorded live at four triple studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network,
1: Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews and interviews from across Australia and around the world. Hello, hi there. You're listening to Zed Games, Australia's number one, numero uno, first in line gaming radio program. Coming at you live right now on four Triple Z one oh two point one FM. We're also heard on Z Digital or around the nation thanks to the Community Radio Network. And I am the host, Razor. And Lee is the co host. It's true. I am the co host. The yes. co host. The Well There's two co hosts now. Well I mean Wow. So you're a co host.
0: I mean What about me? Listen, Adrian. <laughs> we'll get to you. I think by this stage. I'm the co-host. Yeah. And my assistant.
2: (laughs) Assistant co-host. Yeah. It is I, assistant co-host, Adrian Avertill. How you going? Thanks for tuning in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All good. Got a cracker of a show coming at you over the next little while. After the week in gaming news headlines, we're going to hear a bit of uh, more PAX coverage.
2: We are. We're going to introduce week two of our rolling PAX coverage. This week we have an interview with the lead programmer and creative director at Screwtape Studios, who has just released Damsel, which you're going to hear a little bit later on. In Very the show. excited
1: about that local release. Mm. Uh, as well as that, Lee, you and I have been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. We sure have. Yeehaw! I was going to do the yeehaw, but you probably got a better yeehaw I than I it did. yet,
2: so I get to do the yeehaw,
0: because that's yeah. all I know. Look at this assistant co-host here, <laughs> just stomping all over everyone with his yeehaws. We are docking your pay, mister.
2: Nay, I will not allow you to do that.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> nay?
2: Nay. Oh, from the horse. <laughs> yeah, that was intentional. Uh, Deal with uh, it. Okay,
1: alright. We'll edit all of that yeah, out in post. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but before all that, the week in gaming news headlines, firstly... Sony has announced the games that will be appearing on the PlayStation Classic launching on the 3rd of December. The standalone console will be a half-sized replica of the original Grey unit that first appeared in 1995 and will come preloaded with 20 games. The full list is available online, but notable titles include Metal Gear Solid, Final Fantasy VII, Grand Theft Auto, Resident Evil, Directors Cut, Tekken 3, and Destruction Derby. Ray, you're a PlayStation-man. Of some repute, a
2: PlayStation man,
1: a PlayStation man. <laughs>
0: yes,
2: yeah. Great vernacular. Yeah.
0: What do you, uh, what do you think of this final list? Now that they've announced, you know, they they would cleared up a lot of question marks around, around the lineup.
1: Yeah. Um, at first I wasn't enthusiastic upon hearing it. Mm. Continuing unenthusiasm. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of good ones on there. The ones that that we mentioned before. Mm. Yep. Um, but it's not all solid gold. Right. Uh, the the Super Nintendo Classic that I bought, mm. that I lined up for, uh, was was a really good lineup. It was 21, like, just awesome, amazing games. Uh, this one, there's
2: there's a few weak ones. I mean, there's one piece of Metal Gear Solid Gold, at least. Uh, there's a Metal Gear. <laughs> Jesus wow you can edit that one out of post too (laughs) i'm pretty hot for this console you are as someone who is not a playstation man uh as in i didn't grow up with the playstation one i entered during the playstation 2 era okay Um, by
0: by which you mean the earth because you were very young yes right correct (laughs) correct uh
2: so i'm pretty keen to get my hands on some original gta um, some resident evil although i've played it before um and some tekken in a really cool compact looking console. It's 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 very chic, you know. I feel mm. like it's just it's it's something you would buy even as a display piece, <laughs> albeit a very expensive display piece, regardless of whether or not it, it could play the games. Mm. So, I'm I'm pretty keen for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think the list is really interesting. I think the inclusion of like the original Grand Theft Auto is a really fun one Yeah, um, because, you know, I mean, it is now a huge striding the earth, knocking over all other forms of, uh, you know, mass entertainment. But at the time, it was a very strange uh, game that we couldn't really work out whether it was good or not. Mm. Right? But, I, I mean, I played the heck out of it, I think, oh, yeah. just because it was so transgressive at the time. Absolutely. Um but uh, you know, like I'm absolutely excited about Destruction Derby because I think that was maybe the first uh, PlayStation game I played. Tekken One was also right up there. Mm. Tekken Three was around the point that I definitely realized that Tekken games are bad, and you can fight me, uh, wow, on, on that matter. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I haven't really, I've have never really played them. So I mean, okay. well, now you you get a chance By to play Bel- like the good one. Um, But it is an odd thing because I'm pretty certain you could go into any cash converters and get a PlayStation 1 and all of these games for about $20. Yeah. And you'd be like 50-50 chance you could open up the disc tray and someone's stash would be in there (laughs) as well. Uh, (laughs) Miscellaneous stash. Yeah. Yeah. And all you need to do is put it upside down and it would work again. Yeah. Right? So true. Yeah. Um, But, you know, as Adrian says, it looks really nice. It's a very small... I mean, it's just a small PlayStation. Mm. And now that aesthetic is fashionable
1: again. Yeah. Uh, small things are, are in fashion. It's
2: fashion. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, I'm I'm a little bit upset uh, by the exclusions. Mm-hmm. Very apparent ones. Oh, yeah. Good you one. know, you crash Bandicoots. Yeah. Uh, huh? Yeah. No? Okay. Like, like, but come they, on, They like, got an AD, HD remake. Yeah. They yeah, want Spyros you to buy Spyro's. Spyro, you know, I know that these ones are uh, games that are so good that they warrant re-releases and that's probably why we're not seeing them on here Yeah, that's uh, probably exactly why But, you know, yeah. Resident Evil 2 is for my, me yeah. is the cracker But uh, yes. that's also that's, being re-released is it, uh, <laughs> oh, like, Yeah, 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 no, it, it is, yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, there you go. it seems like this, this release has been compromised slightly by uh, the, these modern day happenings, these these re-releases and stuff, which mm. is a bit of a shame Bit
2: of a sign of the times, you know, nostalgia rose-tinted glasses, mm. But uh, mm. good to see uh, Final Fantasy VIII
0: uh, continuing to get snubbed because yeah. it is dumb.
1: Oh, look.
2: Final <laughs> Fantasy VII and IX, i where wear it at. No, I, it's, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, agree. this guy yeah, right, right here. Agree.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, look, it's dumb, but I, I loved it, actually. <laughs> like, there's a lot of dumbness, but, you know, it, somewhere in those 90 hours, there's some good stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a lot to dig through to find that little bit of, that little pin yeah. in the haystack. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Um,
1: look, I did go back and replay Destruction Derby. Yeah. Um not that, you know, not that recently. I think it was like 2004 or something. Right. Uh, but that was that was enough to make me realize that it was pretty crap. Yeah. Yeah. I think Destruction Derby's, pretty, uh pretty crap game, so it doesn't hold up. Oof. Gran Turismo, the original, that would have been lovely to have. Right. Instead of uh, Destruction Derby. Anyway, I could go on for ages and ages. Um, so, yeah, I shan't be picking this one up. Oh, wow. PlayStation 2, when it rolls around, the PlayStation 2 classic... You're, I might be on board. You're going to be there for that? Maybe. Because, <laughs> I mean,
0: again, that's like $30 in cash converters. <laughs> yeah. and, and you almost certainly get yeah. someone's stash. So there's already there. been a
2: PlayStation yeah. 2 Slim, so what will they call that one? The PlayStation 2 Really, Really Slim?
1: Just PlayStation 2 Classic. Yeah. You know, I think that's the kind of the terminology. That's fair. That's the yeah. way it's going, yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 parent company Take-Two Interactive and British magazine publisher TI Media have settled a legal dispute... That resulted in ti media donating one million pounds to charities chosen by take two it's unclear what the lawsuit pertained to as it wasn't filed publicly but an article on the trusted reviews website has been taken down and replaced with an apology message the article in question was an expose piece sharing leaked information about red dead redemption 2 that had been gained from a confidential corporate document the three charities chosen to receive the money were the American Indian College Fund, the American Prairie Reserve, and the First Nations Development Institute. Yep. What, what, what happened here? Uh, they had acquired
0: some documents. Mm. Uh, they had released them because they're press, and then they ran into the legal machine that is uh, Take-Two Interactive and they apologised profusely because they didn't want to be smashed into the
2: ground. Pretty mm. much, right? They got, yeah, they got steamrolled. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, great choice, I suppose, to actually donate that money.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's I mean, the, it was yeah. still, like, at gunpoint.
2: Mm. Um, like a hold-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild West hold-up. That's right,
0: yes. Uh, weird one, honestly. Um, you know, the press should be able to report on news if it's news. Um, yeah,
1: it actually sets an interesting precedent, one that might be bad for, I guess, games press, games journalism, uh, because we've seen a lot of leaks come from Mm. this sort of thing, like from leaked documents, from insiders, um, anonymous sources saying stuff, stuff like that. That's how half of these news uh, articles get written, you know? And so now that... There might be a precedent where Games Press aren't allowed to publish things that haven't been officially announced. Mm. It seems very restrictive, yeah. and uh, you know, not in the spirit of journalism. I mean, I think back to all of
0: the uh, the amazing leaks that uh, we've been privy to, uh, like the announcement of the character of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, that was that was first announced here on Zed Games uh-huh. many years ago. Yes. Uh, wow, I missed this. Yeah, the uh, the you know the
1: birth of luigi uh yeah. another one that uh, we broke that story yeah you know don't remember don't you remember when we announced the upgrade to the atari console the yep. atari 2600 that yeah. was the second one yeah 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 that was us
0: Really, I,
2: I've entered this show after its peak because that's incredible.
0: <laughs> oh, a lot of people have. <laughs>
2: we've got to bring on new peaks.
0: This is—we've been coasting for a good long while now, Adrian.
2: Um, just you wait until I'm more than just the assistant co-host. I'll show you. That's it. That's it.
0: Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's gonna—you know—make it. I am gonna hesitate, you know, before I, you know, go around uh, revealing that. Sony or Square Enix are working on another Final Fantasy, for example. Mm. You know, um, news like that not going to get broken here anymore. We'll just have to wait till press releases. Yeah. Sorry about it.
1: But yeah. are they going to sue us? Are they going to sue you personally, Lee? I mean, what have you got?
0: Well, they'll they'll sue you. Me? For, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't have anything. Jokes on them. Well,
0: yeah, but <laughs> they'll they'll take what little you have.
1: Yeah, I mean, they can take my Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah. Out of my. Still living hands. Yeah, they'll take the, those hands too. Those <laughs> I, nice hands. Wow.
2: There's Cheeto's dust covered hands. Oh, yeah. gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what that orange stuff is on the panel.
1: Yeah, no eating in here. Hmm. Yeah. So that was, that I'm was not that eating was, in here, just letting everyone like. know. <laughs> that was what they
2: like to call a joke. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, and lastly, 2018's annual BlizzCon event has left some fans disappointed and angry, with Blizzard Entertainment taking a fair amount of backlash online. Fans were pumped with anticipation fueled by statements made prior to the convention alluding to a big Diablo-related project that would be unveiled, with many speculating it would be for Diablo 4. Instead, an announcement was made for Diablo Immortal, a game developed by an outside studio exclusively for mobile. During a Q&A session immediately afterwards, one fan asked if if it was an out-of-season April Fool's
2: joke. No release date was given. Two thoughts on this, and... Mm -hmm. I've got to say, not not a big fan of some of the sentiment coming out of the community mm-hmm. directly at Blizzard and its developers after this announcement. I think more than ever, it's important to consider the fact that game developers are human beings. They are working on these projects for many months and sometimes many years. These are their livelihoods. And I think when you come to an event like BlizzCon and you're standing up and essentially reducing the... Product of, of years of or, or months of hard work to an April Fools' joke, or, or, or trying to relate those things, mm-hmm. it's it's quite insulting. Mm. At the same time, I understand that from a marketing perspective, saving this announcement for your flagship sort of announcement, oh yeah, um, at a convention where your hardcore fans are in attendance, yep. is a little bit tone deaf.
0: I think it's it's not so much tone deaf as it is like total amateur hour for for Blizzard to not anticipate that especially at this point we have seen other big companies announce mobile versions of these big beloved pc ports and they have just been annihilated ea keeps doing it despite the fact that people destroyed them over dungeon keeper over command and conquer um and uh they really should have anticipated that Uh, That these fans these fans in particular were not going to handle the the mobile version of this game you know as the only piece of news they're not going to take that well
2: that's the thing right like I would 100% play this game I've I've played Diablo um, on console I'm not a I'm not a hardcore original PC Diablo player I played it on PS4 I enjoyed it but that said what would get me back into Diablo would 100% be having it on my phone
0: yeah but this should have been like a start of show announcement you don't you don't wrap the thing up with this. In uh, terms of
2: yeah, like show pacing, and if a show is meant to be like a roller coaster, mm-hmm. you know, you don't. End, your peak is not that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they already had, they they specifically said that there wasn't going to be any Diablo Four news, um, hoping to kind of take the curse off this. That didn't work, um, <laughs> but in the end, um, the fact is that like that question was profoundly rude that he would have had to have lied to the people running the panel to be even get into that position to ask that question. Mm. Uh, And the booze were just a nightmare. Like that would have given me a panic attack if I was on the stage announcing this. Um, It is super, super gross. And uh, like ultimately everyone ends up looking bad, you know, like Blizzard should know what their community is like and what their the expectations are they really should have managed that better but also the community was still monstrous
2: yeah Mm. yeah we got warcraft 3 remastered though i'm pretty happy for that that looks so great yeah Yeah, boy i i didn't even know i wanted that yeah yeah
1: yeah that's it for the week in gaming news headlines uh you're listening to
2: the z games radio show pax happened Two weeks ago. Lee and I have recovered somewhat from the PAX pox. we were a little bit run down after the insanity that is PAX, weren't we?
0: It really kicks the crap
2: out of your immune system. (laughs) But it's it's also a wholesome good time. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, Hmm. it's bittersweet. And when I was at PAX, I got a chance to chat to the developer of a game that has just recently released, actually, uh, Damsel. Now, Damsel is a locally developed game that launched on Steam on the 19th of October. And when I was at PAX, I pulled Anthony Wood, who's the lead programmer programmer and creative director at Screwtape Studios aside for a little bit of a chat on Damsel.
3: Yeah, so Damsel is a, an arcade platformer. It's really based on you know, quick reflexes and speed running and score attack and stuff like that. So um, Damsel is, a, is an agent with the Department of Sanguinarian Affairs. And uh, that's the government agency responsible for keeping vampires in check. And it looks like the, uh, the Red Mist Beverage Corporation, which makes a blood surrogate for the vampire population, it looks like they might be uh, going organic uh, and including real human blood in their products, so uh, damsel's been set in to stop it
2: so that drink corporation I'm sure is not at all a subtle reference to another very popular drink.
3: it's probably we, we're making a bit of a broader jab at corporate culture and then you know the 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 drink is an analog for political idea we could we could we could delve deep into the pretentious artiness of it, but it's you know it's also light and fun and that that corporate vibe and you know it's 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 not cyberpunk, I don't think, but it's it's got that roots in sort of like cyberpunk, you know, gothpunk, punk. there you go, I just, I just came up with that.
2: Yeah, can you just talk about, I guess, the experience of of showcasing a game at PAX and a game that you just launched, uh, you know, just over a week ago?
3: Uh, it's, it's been very tiring, but uh, it's been pretty cool. Um, yeah, the game's getting received really, really well, people are enjoying it. Uh, a couple of big websites have covered it with their reviews, which is what you want as an indie. It's a really long four days for PAX. This is the first day where we're setting up and making sure all the equipment works and, you know, standing back, taking lots of photos and making sure people can see what's going on. And then, yeah, the three days of PAX. Standing on the show floor are... Um, yeah, my feet hurt, let's say that. They hurt after about the first two hours. But no, it's, it's super fun, especially with something you've created, and people are engaging with it really positively and, you know, having a good time, and yeah, it's really rewarding, yeah.
2: In previous years, uh, I've, I've, I've actually had a chance to play Damsel when it's been shown off at other um, events, like Game On in Brisbane in 2017 and 2018. Can you speak to what it's like showing off a game at a public convention that's complete versus a game that's in progress?
3: Yeah, so you got to have a thick skin, first of all. I think that's the most important thing. Um, and yeah, people have a lot of ideas and a lot of feedback, and we we roll that in there's no we've got a well we try and have a lot of humility and go okay that might not make sense to us but let's try and figure out why someone's giving us that piece of feedback and we a lot of the time most of the time we try and incorporate that in um so that's that's the best thing about incomplete games when you're at PAX and any convention and then when it's done not that it's done but it's never done um but then when it's done there's that nice confirmation that the changes that you've made and the the things that you've added and people go oh that's a good idea or uh, it's even better when they don't notice the thing anymore. You've added that change and it, it completely smooths over some friction point in the game that you had.
2: So obviously you're here showing off Damsel as a developer but as a consumer, uh, as someone who I assume loves games uh, what's your favourite thing about PAX from a consumer standpoint?
3: Uh, It's got a really cool energy that's, uh, you know, everyone coming together with this sort of shared passion of games is is really, really cool. I don't get much of a chance to walk around Uh, I've been to five or six PAXs now showing games and I've literally done a single walkthrough at like one of them so I I do get a bit of uh, FOMO from the rest of packs but you know it's um yeah I haven't played a game for so long it's it <laughs> um yeah no I uh, seeing the big games and and being in the same room as them is a, is a really cool thing as well I guess as a consumer
2: you lamented a bit there when you said you haven't played a game properly in so long um, I guess I just wanted to take a moment to to, to check in and, and kind of ask like like, how are you, I guess, you know, as, as a developer and as someone who does love games and what is it like, I suppose, missing out on being able to consume the art form that you love now that you're, you know, you're on the side of, of, of making the games?
3: Uh, it's a double-edged sword, so there's, you know, when once you've seen behind the curtain and you know the tricks, you know, that kind of demystifies the process a little bit for you. But on the other hand, I know the tricks. So, you know, you want to appreciate... Like, if you go to a magic show and you know how the trick is done, when you watch the magician do it and you can't... You know how they've done it, but you can see the skill and the execution and you go, okay, that's a, that's a top-notch magician. I feel like I've got that sort of uh, appreciation for, for games now. Yeah. Understanding the craft and understanding how the craft is executed well, um, that's really, really cool. Um, <clears> sorry. I'm losing my voice, that's talking fine. to people all day on the <laughs> floor. But then, um, but then there is a little bit of that magic... Um, that that you do lose where, where, yeah, you you have peeked behind the curtain and it's like, ah, okay you know, so yeah, you've got to I don't know, you have to suspend your disbelief from the craft a little bit it's not it's not that bad games do it all the time like you know i jumped into far cry 5 earlier this year and you know i was absorbed for hours you know i didn't pick it up again after that i played it for five or six hours and it was it was absorbing and it it was it was heaps of fun and you know and it's something different from the game i'm making too that's the other thing games are such a broad category these days so you know the thing that i enjoy and the things that i make they're not necessarily you know overlapping much anymore i like shooters and you know I, i'm a big half-life fan and stuff like that but i'm making arcade games and so you know there, there's there's a little bit of respite there for me yeah On the flip
2: side, do you find that a lot of people who are coming to the convention and playing, you know, your game, are they just people who are enthusiastic about games in general? Or have you experienced many uh, people coming to try your game who maybe don't play many games? Maybe they're here because they heard it was Australia's biggest gaming festival and they want to check out games. and, And they've had, a, I guess, a takeaway that surprised you because you're so used to the games you know you know what the magic how the magic is made
3: yeah um there's definitely two groups of people yeah the ones that come and they just they just want to play everything they just want to play every game they can get their hands on that's really cool and then they, yeah there is that group that um they're coming from the cosplay or they're coming for you know just the atmosphere as well because it's a cool place to hang out for a couple of days and so when they pick up the game and they enjoy it that's like that's really cool you know or, or younger players like that haven't played many games um they're they're drawn to the game which is really nice because they don't have they're not jaded by the hundreds and hundreds of releases and they haven't seen it all before Um, so that's really cool watching them pick up the game and play it Uh, and as well they don't have that um, they have less literacy like less games literacy even just with like how controls work and things like that so it's it's easier for them to pick up the game because you know we've we've designed our game in a very specific way that is a little bit left of center of how you might normally play a platformer and they don't need to unlearn what they've already learned. Uh, and they, they slip into it much nicer, which is really, really cool. Awesome. Well, Anthony, thanks for
2: taking a breather with me away from the very, very busy show floor. Uh, all the best with damsel on this launch period. And also for PAX. Awesome. Thank you very much.
1: On Z games. You're listening on four triple Z 102one FM and we just heard from Anthony Wood, who spoke with assistant co-host
2: Adrian Navratil at PAX
1: Australia. Two weeks ago, had a jolly
2: old time down there, did you fellas? It was a jolly old time, despite the fact that I was the only roving Z Games reporter in attendance at the event. What a lofty task for an assistant co-host that is. Yeah, yeah. you've got to work your way up that, that ladder, man. Can I get a promotion?
1: Lads, <laughs> would that be alright?
0: I'm thinking of demoting you, actually, <laughs> to uh, assistant junior co-host. Wow! Yeah. Can't yeah. believe you've done this. Yeah.
1: We spend a lot of time talking about our internal politics here on the Z Games radio show. Yeah. No complaints yet. No, it's fine.
0: Despite yeah. the
2: fact that you have Cheetos in the studio?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no Cheetos. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay.
0: Listen, listen to the, the assistant junior co-host here.
2: <laughs> Got to keep you in check. <laughs> yeah,
1: just as long as the listeners know what the hierarchy is of the people that appear on the show, because oh, wow. everyone is so important. You know, we have to keep refreshing it every few minutes. Mm. Uh, but yeah, good job on the interview, Adrian. No um, worries. We might demote Show or promote, Ray. demote or promote you, just depending on which way the coin flips. Wow, it's a <laughs> yeah. coin flip. So you're going to say which way the wind blows? <laughs>
2: Maybe something a bit more, I guess, uh, predictable. Yeah. Okay. Nice to know my hand is in my my fate is in you know the hand of a coin.
1: Mm. Mm. Interesting. Uh, yeah.
2: So
0: it's a you know, turns phrase like that that really uh, endear you to both us and the listeners.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> how do we just move uh, on okay sure thing yeah you better we can Uh, rubbish you after the show yeah you can rub it in later uh
1: Lee yeah big game was released a lot when was it anyway who cares Red Dead Redemption 2 (laughs) what game's that never heard of it uh yeah big massive game oh boy I got it on release day yeah long awaited yeah a little bit of uh controversy leading up to it because of the the foul conditions within the studio but that doesn't seem to have impeded Anyone's enthusiasm for the finished product. I think we can we can get to that. It's worth talking about mm. that stuff. Um, but first, we should actually
0: talk about the product at hand. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two is a uh, it's a Rockstar Games open world game. Uh, it is a Western set towards the very very end of the 19th century, so the end of the the cowboy frontier times era. Um, it's a prequel to Red Dead Redemption 1, which makes things difficult to talk about. Uh, but uh, it is a game that casts you as outlaw Arthur Morgan, a member of the Vanderlind gang, as you escape from the law while also hoping to find fortune and just a place to call home in the faky American West that Rockstar have created it uh, draws its inspiration from a lot of more postmodern westerns. Uh, there's so much Deadwood in the DNA of this thing. The previous one felt a little bit more like a Sergio Leone film, um, with uh, allusions to some of the more modern classics. But this is very much a western dealing with um, with the politics uh, and the hardship of the the frontier, as well as the the perception of the fading of the the freedom and the American dream, as the the government starts to to settle this this otherwise untamed nation, mm. um, I think it's amazing. I've, yeah, I never want to do anything else except play this game. I resent being here. Because it means that (laughs) that I'm not playing Red Dead Redemption Two.
1: This is Red Dead time. Yeah, that's that's being wasted right now. Yeah, yeah. maybe this is how
0: I get Uh, my my promotion. But yeah, leave to play
1: Red Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Ali, you mentioned like the great, ambitious artistic qualities of the game, Mm. and uh, in the past, Rockstar have kind of struggled a little bit to hit those those Mm. artistic uh, like marks that they set for themselves. Yep. Grand Theft Auto V was another very expensive, very ambitious game with with, you know, big grand things to say, but some of those things were a little bit misplaced. Mm. Um Red Dead Redemption 2, it seems like a lot of care has been taken uh with uh making sure everything firstly feels authentic and then in the sort of the broader scope of its narrative and then on also like saying something that that means something. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is quite incredible.
0: Yeah, look it 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 touches only superficially on a lot of issues, but it does also seem like it's heart is in the right place, uh which is saying quite a bit for rockstar who tend to have this kind of uh centrist view that like rubbishing the politics of both the left and the right uh is is a good position to take rather than just one that is like insidiously still kowtowing to the status quo, which is what I would probably say most of the Grand Theft Auto games are about. Um, As much as I love them, their politics are garbage, whereas Mm -hmm. this is at least, you know, it's not saying terribly much, but it has uh, these really fascinating, um, much more fleshed out uh, people of color and female characters and and marginalized characters, uh, and it deals with them in a in a fairer fashion than they have with any of their other games. Uh, we should talk about the actual gameplay itself because being a rock star open world game, it is very systems heavy. Uh, it does a lot of world simulation stuff and then it weaves missions uh, around a lot of these things. So it is a game where you have to um, go hunting to feed your friends and uh, you have to track animals and maintain your weapons and deal with the the heat and the cold and you know multiple levels of of uh crimes and and witnesses and and side activities all of these these layered little uh systems within themselves that then are all balanced against one another and so even though you know you might have a mission that is as simple as You know going to town to talk to a friend in a bar that can spiral rapidly into a drunken night out or that can lead to uh, an amazing fist fight in the mud in the middle of the city that then gets you in trouble with the law or you know X number of other activities from there Uh, it is it's a huge huge toy box full of really really fun
2: toys and you're going to be accessing a lot of that through horse back riding, I imagine. There's a lot of horse stuff, yeah. How does that feel? It's so good. Like,
0: uh, I am, I think, Australia's premier video games horse uh, enthusiast. Okay. Uh, wow. I, I, I can't think of anyone else in this country whose credentials on, on measuring the authenticity of video games horses... Are equal to my own. Not
2: only is he the the show co-host, he's yeah. the horse enthusiast. Yeah, yeah. Wowly. A yeah. uh,
0: lot of lot of horses in my backstory, um, but uh, these are good horses. These feel like real horses. Yeah. Um, in in a way that few horses have, have ever gone.
2: Yeah. One of the things I loved about the original Red Dead was the horse animations were so on point compared mm. to every other game I'd ever played. Mm. Just right down to the animations of the, of the muscles, and yep. the sinews in those muscles yep. moving these, as the these horse are would gallop across even the even more
0: detailed than those. Uh, and also, you can finally get your horse to back up, which is very hard to do in real life, uh, and so most games don't do it. But the horses in Red Dead can actually go in reverse under duress, which mm. is... Uh,
1: see there are so many systems just relating to the horses as well like uh you can name your horse i named mine graham good Uh, graham (laughs) yes you have to like take the saddle off and you can put it on a new horse if you like Mm. uh you can brush your horse it gets too dirty and and that affects its stamina your bond with your horse uh grows over time and it becomes sort of more receptive to your commands Mm. and, and gains more stamina and and things like that and so you can really get invested in, in your horse. Oh, yes. It sounds wonderful. Yeah.
0: And if your horse gets hurt, which is likely to happen, uh, it is absolutely the worst thing in the world to see your horse, like, dying on the ground in front of you. Uh, they can straight out die, which is awful and should never oh, happen. Oh, no. But I was in a, a gunfight with a rival gang that jumped me on a bridge. Uh, And I defeated them all and then turned around and realized that that my horse had copped a bullet, a stray bullet in the gunfight. And it was just lying on the ground struggling. And I ran, like, back to town. And it took, like, five minutes in game to run that distance to get the (laughs) horse medicine that I needed to resurrect my horse. Because... uh, that was absolutely the worst and poor Bobkin didn't deserve to uh, go down like that.
2: Mm. That's wonderful. I haven't felt a feeling like that since playing Breath of the Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And I think that's another open world game with emergent systems and a very detailed open world. It didn't, didn't feel like it was just sort of large for the sake of being large. Yeah. Has I, Red Dead managed to strike that balance? Yeah. I think that
0: uh, Red Dead, uh, like I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild recently and uh, until the release of Red Dead it was probably my favorite my the you know what i thought was the most interesting and probably my favorite open world in terms of just emergent systems based gameplay but uh i think that red dead is if not better than it at least in that same realm of just being able to have fun stuff just grow out of what what exists there yeah um, awesome what it what it really does well, though, and it's something that is kind of both a credit to Rockstar and also probably as a result of their terrifying labor practices, is that the attention to detail is is almost overwhelming. So you can, like The Witcher, which it is obviously inspired by in a lot of ways, uh, you can get your hair cut, you can uh, groom your beard, but while The Witcher had a system where your beard would slowly grow over the course of several days... In Red Dead Redemption, the length of your beard and hair uh, is, like, the, the kinds of styles you have available to you is limited to how long your beard and hair is. So if you want, like, a cool ponytail or something, or, like, a big long curly mustache, I hope that you've got, like you know, 15 days worth of, <laughs> of waiting
2: around. As someone who's been you, growing my hair recently, it yeah. takes a yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah, you have to
0: wait, like, yeah. days and days of in-game time to actually be it. able to uh, to grow it out. And then if you shave it off, you're like, man, actually, uh, these these mutton chops are a little strange. <laughs> Guess what? You just... You, you play the
2: waiting game, my friend. Oh, boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, any, any haircuts that uh, you immediately regret... You have to live with. <laughs> Do you think
2: the game makes any concessions like that to real to realism? I suppose when otherwise it would be probably a better choice for pure gameplay reasons to just let the player get a haircut no matter how long their hair is.
0: I honestly think that um, you know I mean they could have gone the other way, but this system at least then makes those decisions about personal appearance interesting and and Mm. like it it hangs them on in-game consequences right uh which is which is fun i mean you can still you know dress up however you want or however much you can afford to um but even then your clothes are still at least sort of temporarily victim to the environment so they can get muddy they can get um torn and and bloody and they can have your hat can get bullet holes in them it doesn't take much to actually you know uh, swap them back out and and fix them up but it's just a testament to the fact that there's so much attention paid to every detail mm. if you hunt a creature uh, and then you skin it you are like literally cunning around the entire thing and you you pull the skin off the carcass you then have to place that skin the skins one by one on the back of your horse then you can like pick up the carcass and carry it over there and place it on on the creature's back uh it will leave behind a smear of blood from the carcass if the carcass if your horse for example gets startled the carcass will fall on the ground could land in the mud could get muddy like
1: Wow, who did this? Yeah, and your so, hat as well. Oh, yeah. You get into fist fistfight, you yeah. lose your hat, and you have to pick it up. You I've heard actually, a lot of people being frustrated
2: yeah. at losing their hats. Yeah. But you
1: can pick up any hat. Any, any hat. That's the right. great thing. Someone has a good hat, uh, you know, that could be your hat. All you've got to do is punch it off. Yeah, and if someone sees you taking that hat, you can be done for robbery.
2: Yeah. Probably one of my favorite things I've seen from the game so far is someone who had managed to dress up as the spitting image of Woody from Toy Story. Excellent. And that is exactly yeah, how I yeah. want to play that.: game. You can game. be
1: any cowboy you want, like the, dirty, the dirty guy, the, like the, uh, the well-dressed man in black, uh, you know like, uh, you can have a trench coat, you can just w- walk around in your, your underwear. Can and you get a snake can you, can you get
2: a snake in your boot? Are there snakes in the game? There are snakes yeah. in the game? Oh boy. Yes. I didn't think there yeah. were,
0: and then one fucking got me. <laughs> uh,
1: the slavish attention to detail is actually, it's something that you think might not be fun. Um, but it's actually just one of the most compelling things mm. about this game, and um, it could have gone the, 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 to the place where a lot of games go, and that's just in delivering those carefully managed serotonin, uh, dopamine hits. You know yeah. when you want them, like like this really uh, crafted, deliberate uh, system of progression where each. Uh, achievement is is given to you at exactly the right time for you to keep playing. But this game just says to hell with all that. Yeah, this is the most just hardcore realistic cowboy simulator, and this is what it's like to be a cowboy. And you know, you might just be walking around the desert for three days, and you you'll you need to eat something, and you'll have to like you know brush your 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 horse. You'll have to <laughs> do crappy things and and rob people for money and stuff. But you know who cares? Like this is. This is uh, the game. It, it it does move at moment to moment. It's quite a glacial
0: pace, um, but I don't find that frustrating at all. And I think it is just because those those moments, there's so much detail in every single thing. I was playing poker against uh, a bunch of cowboys, and I realized that I was playing like two cents a bet, right? So the stakes were nothing. Big money. I I played for like an hour uh and there's no skipping any of the animations you know they're just like handing out individual chips handing out cards individually everyone's taking their time to like have a look at their cards all of these motions are fully captured and then uh, and then they just play out um but it's fine because the the sophistication of the simulation is so strong that it just all of that just feels like it's grounding you uh like it's bringing you into that place and making you operate at its pace rather than trying to just keep like banging out the hits like something like uh like assassin's creed odyssey um which is the most recent open world game that i played And i went tried tried to go back to that and just found that it was trying too hard to be like everything all at once right whereas this is just like no you gotta come to me uh and and it's so much better for that uh, we 're really running out of time we haven 't even talked about like shooting guns is really good in this game, yeah, there are so many of them. you can modify them so much uh, they get dirty and you have to clean them oh man you can get more familiar with them um, it's... you can get more
2: familiar with your gun what not, not that in that way
0: not, <laughs> not like that, not romantically Adrian, but uh, the more familiar you are with your gun, the better that you, you, hand, you, you handle it right right. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, even something as simple as that, like, you know, once you realize you've got a signature weapon, uh, you can, you know, find that you will be better with it in a firefight uh, as a result of, of that. It's just, again, more more information that they're tracking uh, just to feed back into creating a, a fun uh, experience for you.
2: It sounds like a root and good time. Mm.
1: Sure. <laughs> I'll pay that.
2: There was, two cents, pay it two cents please yeah. there was
1: just one moment when I just had my mind blown and it wasn't like during an intense shootout and it wasn't during a really crazy horse like race or anything like that or it wasn't some weird mission it was just like a very ambient section of the game which happens after a mission uh, where the the gang is celebrating and everyone's just uh, just just having a good time having a party at camp Yep, and it's the sequence that you can exit at any time, you can go to bed and end it, but uh, you can just walk around and see what's happening at the party and it's not like everyone is just hanging out at the campfire having a um, having a linear conversation that you can follow. There's like they break off into groups. Some people are like having a serious discussion over in this corner. Some people are just like going crazy with the acoustic guitar. There's some people who are like dancing to an old gramophone yep. behind the tents. There's a, a couple that have like snuck off to to <laughs> To have some shenanigans in the tent and you wouldn't even know unless you followed them. Yep. Um and then like things happen like the the, the people the person with the guitar moves over to another group and the songs, like they just keep singing different songs over and over again, like like at least five different songs. Mm. And you can join in if you want. And your character kinda of mumbles through the verses sometimes when he doesn't know the words.
2: That sounds amazing.
1: And it goes on for like twenty five minutes and I was just like taking it all in Mm. and it was absolutely incredible and then like you just realize the sun's coming up and (laughs) it feels like you've just been partying with this gang all night it really does yeah and I I was just blown away by the level of detail that they put into it
2: yeah yeah. I can't wait to play it
1: Mm. yeah look it's it's a
0: hugely detailed richly rewarding game Um, I think that it is you know worth asking the question of whether the kinds of labour practices that uh, Dan Hauser from Rockstar was boasting about the fact that uh, at first he was saying that there were, you know, the team was working hundred-hour weeks uh, getting this game out the door, and then he backtracked and said that it was just the writing team and very few people, you know, were actually doing that. Blah blah blah. But we, we do know that Rockstar is a company that uh, has a serious issue with crunch. They also are known to reward their devs afterwards, um, but uh, it's it's tough to see that. You know, a company as successful as Rockstar with the kind of uh, bank that they do couldn't just, you know, push a release back, hire more people on, rather than force people to work what is, like, absolutely dangerous uh, hours, especially given that they have a precedent for doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, one hopes that that the success of this game does not convince the executive heads of the company that they are totally... Uh, right to continue these labor practices, and I also wouldn't begrudge anyone for wanting to boycott the game as a result of it. Um, but uh, me, I just decided to be completely unethical and give into it because <laughs> I'm like so, so, so in need of yeah. my amazing cowboy fix. Look,
1: it, it is a landmark game. Yeah. Um How they got there, uh, maybe not the best way, but I mean the end result is is kind of really apparent like it is this is a game that people talk about for for ages you know mm. like it's it could be the defining game of this this current generation mm. We don't know.
2: And Lee is positively twitching to get out of the studio. Let me get out of here. Play it. We are actually holding him. With, yeah, we we are. Why am
1: I still here? <laughs> We've been talking about the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One game, Red Dead Redemption 2, which is available now. And that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Zed Games. Thanks so much for your company. We'll be back next week at the same time, of course. Uh, we'll hand on over now to the Dykes on Mike show coming up at 7. And please stick around listening to 4 triple Z for uh, the Queer Radio Show coming up at 9 as well. We'll catch you next week.
2: Say out. Bye.